morning, Rock Harbor Church. Good to see you this morning. We're here once again. Clap off for the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're here to celebrate. We're here to celebrate the Lord uh, as we uh, as we get in and we enter in. Uh, we're uh, we're missing our pastor and his wife. Uh, they are they're at the house. Everything is okay. Uh, but she's still recovering, so we want to hold them up in prayer this morning. Uh, and then any others that you have on your heart, we're going to just hold them up. We're going to believe God. And uh, we're talking this morning about trusting Him. So I'm asking you that question. Do you trust Him this morning? Do you trust Him and give Him everything? Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to be here. Father, God, we call on you. We call on the Holy Spirit, Father. We ask you, Lord, to enter this place. Touch our pastor and his wife, Lord God, as they heal, Lord. I pray a, a blessing upon them, Lord. And, Father, I just pray you have your way this morning. Have your way with the word. God, it's all yours. Father, there's nothing that we have that wasn't given by you, Lord, and we give it all to you this morning in, in praise and adoration. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. Were you there? Well, good morning, Rock Harbor. Good morning. Good to be in God's house. To do something before we begin, and I'll I'll grab the mic here in a minute. Uh, something happened the other day, and um, as most of you are aware, the Bonnie passed away. Bonnie and Larry, you sit right back there in the back for years. They were an absolute pillar in this church. Pillar, pillar. Absolutely. With the passing of Bonnie, um, I want to have a prayer collectively as a group. Larry and Bonnie love this church. And so it's only right uh, this morning that we collectively pray for Larry. Larry's having a hard time dealing with the loss of, of his wife. And so if, if we can, if you would stand in honor of Bonnie. And let's pray. Father. I want to thank you, God, for the years that these two spent in this church. God, what you did with them, Lord, in this church. Father, what you did with our sister Bonnie. The way that you grew her and touched her, Lord. God, they were, they're both an inspiration of this church. Father, I pray this morning, God, that you touch Larry. Give him strength. Father, I pray for healing. God, lift him up and encourage him. Touch the family, God, in this, this time of grief. Lord, I pray. Have your way, God, in Larry's life and just continue to lift him up and help him, God, through this troublesome time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Hold on a second. I've got to grab something. Our pastor said he was tired of people missing church. <laughs> I was uh, I was looking at these gloves and I was thinking about Rocky. You guys familiar? I know you are. Rocky is one of the you know most inspirational kind of comeback films that there is, and I'm reminded of. Uh, 
Rocky IV when he fights the, the Russian. And all odds are against him in the most difficult circumstances. And it's kind of like a David and Goliath kind of thing. You know, when he, he gets in that ring and he's outmatched, the guy's too big. He's got too much talent, too, too much skill. But the thing that always kept Rocky in it was his heart. And so he put them gloves on. He get in there, and I always like the exaggeration of those movies because their faces are just completely mauled. <laughs> I mean, their eyes, they can't see nothing. They had to stop the fight a long time ago with those kind of injuries. But no, you know, it makes for a good movie. It makes for a good, good thing to watch. And um, I, was, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about how it parallels so often to our spiritual life and our spiritual walk. And you and I are in a battle this morning. We're in a fight. And, you know, you come with the, the equipment, you know, you get your gloves, you know, when you're in, you get in a ring, you get your gloves on. You know, it's time to fight. So we, you get your equipment, you get your, your gloves, you get your headgear, you get equipped. And, and I was going to put these on, but since the lapel's not working, I'm not going to be able to do that. I was actually going to hit somebody. No, I wasn't going to hit nobody. <laughs> but I, you get your gloves on and you get equipped. You get the right equipment on. But there's this, there's this opponent that we have across from us. And he doesn't fight fair. He doesn't fight fair. He doesn't exchange blow for blow. He's dirty. You know, the Bible describes him as a, as a liar and a stealer, he's a thief. You know what, if you, if you show me a, a liar and you show me a thief, I'll also show you a cheater. You see, when the devil fights, he does not play by the rules. He doesn't play by the rules. And, and often we think or we have these expectations when we get in this ring. And what, what I mean by the ring is when you get in this ring, the spiritual fight that you're in, you get in the ring, you're expecting your adversary to play by the rules, and he don't play by the rules. One, one particular rule that I'm reminded of is, is when your opponent goes down, he can take a knee and he gets a count. Give him a little bit of time to get up. You see, what the devil does is the devil doesn't do counts. He's waiting to get you down, and then he's going to move in unfairly, unjustly, and he's going to move in for the kill. You see, that's what the devil does. And when you're in a, a walk like we're in, you see, we're in a walk like unlike any other. This is not a normal run-of-the-mill walk. This is a spiritual walk, and it's a walk for Christ. Each one of you, if you're saved this morning, you bear the cross. You're bearing it. You represent that. And you go out, and as you're carrying that thing, you get hit with stuff. You get into that ring, that fight, and you, get, you begin to do war. And sometimes, in the midst of war, you get hit. And it's not a fair hit. It was a cheap shot. He come at you, and you were expecting him to throw a left. He threw an elbow. And I've never, I've never heard Christians term it this way. I've never actually heard them say, the devil was cheating. But you know what? He was cheating when I got hit with what I got hit with. 
He was cheating when you got hit with what you got hit with. And even though they didn't say he cheated, but the way they described it, the way they said, I never thought that would happen to me. I never thought that that would take place. It was so difficult to get through. And, he, and we attribute it the right way. We say the devil is a, as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You're right, he is. But you also have to understand that he doesn't play by the rules. And you can expect, you can expect it when you get into a fight, when you're in this walk, in this war, you can expect to get hit with things that are dirty. Some of you are walking and living testimonies of coming through dirty fights. One of the things that makes Rocky such an inspiring film is that the opponent did cheat. The opponent did do things that he wasn't supposed to. But what makes it so encouraging is you see this guy coming up, and against all odds, he's pushing through. I don't care if he cheated. I don't care. I'm going to push in, and I'm going to take it to him. In real life, it has different ramifications. There are some people that as we go through this walk and we, we get in that ring and we're ready and, and, and they get to teach and they say, all right, are you ready? This is going to be a battle. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready to, are you ready to take a hit? You've got you to gotta take a hit to give one. Are you ready? I'm ready. And then they get in there and they find that the enemy doesn't play by those kind of rules. And the first, the first time they find out, first time a young Christian finds out that the enemy doesn't play by the rules, they take the gloves off. That wasn't the kind of fight that I was expecting. I wasn't expecting an elbow. Here, take my gloves. He's cheating. I don't play with cheaters. I want to take you to some scriptures this morning in Deuteronomy. Oh, we need to dismiss Jonah's church, don't we? <laughs> Jonah's church, be dismissed. Well, no, of course you can tell that I don't do that this, this that often. They were being so good, they were. Deuteronomy chapter 31. Deuteronomy 31, verse 7. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage. You've heard those words before, haven't you? Mm -hmm. Be strong and of good courage. Be strong. For you must go with this people unto the land which the Lord has sworn unto their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. The purpose was that you've got something to go possess. You've got something to do. There's some land to go get out there. There's some land. There's some things that I've given you, and I need you to go get it. And there was, see, the, the thing about it was is there was no avoiding that. It was unmistakable. You are going to take this land one way or another. And if it ain't going to be you, Joshua, it's going to be somebody else. But somebody's going to take this land. 
See, the thing about this was, is a lot of people don't realize, they think that the promises were given to Joshua um, and that there wasn't some sort of sacrifice to be given uh, at the end of it all. To go and get this land, there was going to have to be battles. There was going to have to be wars fought in order to take the land. So as he, as he told him, he said, be of good courage. Don't fear. I've got something I need you to do. I need you to go forward. Take these people, and I've got a land for them to, to take, and I want you to take them and go lead them into it. As God leads you, every single time that God pulls you and begins to lead you and begins to push you forward in life, and I'm not talking about a necessarily a predetermined plan. We don't always know what God's plan is. I'm talking about life. I'm talking about going forward in life. As God puts you on course and says, hey, I've got some things for you to do. I don't always have to know what it is in order to know that there's something to get done. I don't have to know. God says, hey, I've got land for you to take. And you got to know, church, when you go forward with God, you're getting back into the ring again. You're getting back into a ring. And the enemy, he knows. He knows what you've been commissioned to do. He knows that you're going to make an attempt to move forward. He knows that, that you've got your gloves on and you're ready to, okay, I'm ready. He said, I've got to get you out of this environment. I've got to get you out of this ring. And so what does he do? He plays dirty. He hits Christians with things to aggravate, to frustrate, to break our hearts. Anyone had their heart broken before? To crush you emotionally, to get you down, to whisper things to you. You ever been whispered to before by the enemy? You ain't ever gonna make it. I don't know why you're trying. It's not gonna work. You can hear that voice. But you're in a ring. You got to know if you're willing to get in the ring, if you're willing to move forward, you know that there are going to be some things he's going to throw at you to knock you off course. Amen. He's going to want to disengage you. He wants you to take your gloves off and to throw them in. I don't want to. I was expecting something else. I thought this would be different, but it's hard and it's difficult. And all these things that God told us, you know, said to do, it's, they're easier said than done. And the enemy tries to inflict wounds that want to cause you to pull out. Now, let me tell you what this means. Let me define something for you. Let me define pulling out. Let me define quitting. Because it may not look like you think. See, often we think that quitting means, oh, you just quit church. You pull out of church. There's a lot of people that quit a long time ago that still sit in church. They quit a long time ago. They disengaged. They said, man, this stuff's, this stuff's serious. Man, I, I mean, I got in there, and the more I sought after God, the more I wanted from God, the more I got engaged, and the more I got battled. I'm not so sure that this is worth it. It was difficult. You ever, um, you ever had something happen to you, and then you say, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy? That's when you know you're fighting an unfair battle. I wouldn't have wished that on my worst enemy, but yet it happened. And so what's our response? What's our, what's, what is the believer's response to this fight that we're in? What's, what happens when we do get brokenhearted? What happens when we do take an offense? What happens when we do get hurt? 
What happens when he does cheat? And he hits you with something that you weren't expecting. What happens when, when you come in with your gloves on and he pulls out a knife and he tries to stab you? What do you, we do then? What, how do we respond to an enemy that wants to see you get out of the ring? How do we respond? Do we just, do we just sit there? Or do we back up, throw on the gloves and say, I don't want any of this anymore. I wasn't expecting this. You know, over the years, you hear a lot of stories. I've heard so many Christians over the years say those exact words. I'm only repeating the words that I've heard. I was not expecting that. I was told it would be easier. I was told that everything would get fixed once I found God. Well, yeah, your salvation got fixed. You're going to heaven, but the war begins. Something about that fight is that that fight never ends. It's one of the things that Christians have to realize and buy into uh, uh, early on in their walk is that the fight is not conditional based on how you feel. The fight isn't if you feel good to fight a fight today. The fight is every single day whether you like it or not. And it's a real fight. So he told him, he said, he said, you've got a land to possess. You've got somewhere to go. And in verse 8, he says, And the Lord, he it is who does go before you. He will be with you. He will be with you. One of the encouragements that I, I see in God's word time and time again, especially you know, you look in the Old Covenant, when it was time to go to war, when it was time to go to battle, when it was time to take over lands, it was one of the promises that he had said. And I think that we often forget this, and it's one of the encouraging things as we, as we engage the enemy, as we engage this enemy that wants to disengage us from life, wants to get us, pull us out completely, wants to damage you and hurt you, is you have got to remember that he is with you. And you think, well, why is that important, though? I, I knew that already. You know, it's kind of like, you know, when you have uh, Big Brother with you. Well, when I was a kid, it was, it was my dad. I was the oldest. So it was my dad. When my dad was with me, you know, I feel pretty good. I got my dad with me. Everything's okay. And I'd walk with him, and I always felt, you know, he was still taller. And some of you may know what I'm talking about. When God says, I will never leave you. He said, I will be with you. There's a reason he says that, because he wants you to derive strength from that. That's a promise. You think, well, what? He didn't necessarily even say that he was going to do anything. He just said, I'll be with you. And for the believer, it has to be enough. You say, often in, in, in times of turmoil, We'll say, all right, God, I know you're with me, but did you bring the big guns this time? You got the big weapons? Because we're going to need the big weapons on this one. This is a tough one. I'm going through some tough situations, God. I'm going to need you to pull, pull me through. I'm going to need some miracles. I'm going to need some of your best stuff. Anyone ever say that before? But I think we often forget that just him being present is enough. We forgot when the devil cheated that God's seen it. 
We forgot when the devil got dirty and he threw you a low blow that God's seen it. I tell you this morning, some of you in here may have went through some things that you may have never told anybody about. You, you dealt with some things that may be from your past that maybe they haunt you and you, and you, you wonder, man, am I ever going to get past this? You know, if that had never happened, if that had never happened, I'd, I'd have never had to deal with this. God says, I know. I get it. Sometimes we think our situations have pulled us away from God. Maybe even so much of the fact that he doesn't even understand. He's so far out there. Does he really know what I'm going through? He says this morning, yeah, I, I do. I was right there in the ring with you. I was right there with you when you got hit. Right there when he, when he done you wrong, when he threw that illegal blow, I was there. I seen the whole thing. And I'm here to tell you, I know. See, that does something. And that pulls me back. And that, and that gets me to stop asking God for resources. God, you got something to give me to get me through this? God, you got some special thing you can pull out of your, your arsenal? You can give it to me? God says, no. I just got me. I just got me. And I'm enough. I'm with you. I'm with you in that ring. I'm with you when that battle uh, gets hot. I'm with you when you feel attacked. I'm with you when you feel wronged, when you're angered, you want to give up, I'm right there with you. I think, I think too often we still have this perception, Christians have this perception of God being up on the throne, and yes, he is a God on the throne, absolutely, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not, but this perception that God is on this throne, and he's looking down, and he's casting commands, and, and he's saying, you better get yourself up from there right now. No, I, don't, I, don't, I don't perceive... God that way I perceive God is the God that told me he would never leave me or forsake me and so he's right down there with me and he's saying you can do it come on come on I'm right here with you I haven't left you I'm not leaving you come on you can do it you see some of these battles are the battles that people never see the person next to you doesn't see that battle because we're so good at smiling we're, we're so good at Painting a picture of how we want people to see us and perceive us. But we don't want them to know that there's something going on inside that's like a war. Now I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to that individual this morning about that war that's going on inside of you. That pull and that yank that's saying, hey, you need, just need to throw in your gloves. Don't engage. You see, it's, it's, a, it's a lesson I learned a long time ago. If the enemy... It's trying to get you to put down your gloves. You're doing some kind of good in the kingdom of God. Come on. He knows it. He's trying to get you to, to, to quit and to let it let it go. It's not that important. He said, he said, He will be with you. He will not fail you, neither forsake you. Fear not, and neither be dismayed. You see, it's not the fear. That's the factor here. And, I, and, and even though that that is spoken here, and he's talking about taking on courage and not to fear, but there's one word that you might miss it, and it's dismayed. Don't be afraid and don't be dismayed. Do you know what dismayed is? Dismayed literally means prostrate on the ground with your face down. It means to be broken down with violence. That's what dismayed means. 
to be broken down with violence and to be broken down with fear and confusion. Dismayed. So when he says, don't fear and don't be dismayed, he's saying, don't allow yourself to get so broke down that you are face down in the dirt because you've been obliterated by the violence that has taken place in your life. There is violence that happens in the ring. It's violent. He ain't playing by the rules. Uh-huh. And he ain't cutting you no slack. Amen. And it would be easier if we could just say, you know what? This stuff is too hard. This church stuff is crazy. You wake up having crazy dreams at night? Demons trying to attack me? What is all this stuff? So there's a war to be fought. There's a war to be fought. One thing you gotta remember, and then we're gonna we're gonna move on and I'm gonna I'm gonna finish up. Is you are fighting a battle that you are not trying to win. You've already won. You've already won. And so it changes the perspective and it changes the way we view it when you go into the ring knowing that you've already won. I know he's going to be dirty and I know he's going to try to get me to stop, but I've already won this fight. I've already won. We lose only when we refuse to get in the ring and fight. That's when we lose. That's when we lose is when we refuse to get in and actually do the fight. Okay. Let's move on. I want you to turn to Genesis with me real quick. We're going to wrap up here. Genesis chapter 28. 15. And behold, I am with you and will keep you in all places where you go and will bring you again into this land. For I will not leave you until I have done that which I have spoken to you of. He said, I'm not leaving until the work that I have set you on is finished. I'm not going nowhere. I'm not leaving. I haven't gone anywhere. I'm right here with you. And so what has God set you out to do and what has stopped you? What has stopped you? Are you in the ring? You got your gloves on? Are you fighting? Are you pushing forward? Or did did you get disengaged somewhere? Did you take the gloves and throw them down? Where are you at in your walk this morning? The promise is true. It's pure and it's absolute. I'm not leaving you. I'm not going anywhere. You know, I always think of uh, you know, when you were a kid, you know, you was going to do something you probably shouldn't have done, and you'd ask the kid next to you, if you'll do it, I'll do it. You remember? If you'll go, I'll go. We'll go in together. In the most honest and pure way, I see God saying that to his children. If you'll go, I'll go. If you'll go, I'll go right there with you. I'm ready when you are. If you'll step out, I'll step out. I'm right here with you. I'm not going to leave you. So it's one of the 
the most beautiful things about that promise, never leaving and never forsaking you, is that whether you stay in one spot and rot there, or whether you excel in your life, God's promise remains to you. He said, I'm not, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not leaving you. We need to decide today to begin to move forward again. If you know what I'm talking about, maybe you can relate to this. Maybe you say, you know, Tanner, it's not been fervent. Yeah, it's, it's my, I haven't been praying the same anymore. There were some things that happened to me a couple years ago, a couple months ago. Tanner, they tore me up. And it just hasn't been the same since. This is exactly the message for you. It's time to get back in the ring again. It's time to pick up the cross again. It's time to go back into battle again. But Tanner, what if it happens again? What if, what if I get hurt again? What if this happens again? I'm going to tell you, believers, it might. It might. You might get your heart broke. Things may not go the way that you plan them to. Everything that you hold good in your life, it could go away. But God says, I'm right here, and I'm not going to leave you. Would you stand? This is uh, it's a kind of message that's it's a real it's it's a it's an intimacy message. It's, it's something that God has between Him and His children, and only you know. I mean, even if you even if you were to tell everybody what you've dealt with or what you've gone through, it, we wouldn't get it. But God gets it. I mean, He gets it, and that's what He's saying this morning. He said, "I get it. I know. I understand that it's hard." I, I get that you're, you're tore up about those things. I get it. But we got to keep going. I've got plans for you. we got to keep going. Would you bow your head? Father, Father I, I pray this prayer this morning over this congregation. And Father, as we see your word, we see your intent for the believer. And the intent for the believer is to move forward. Not to be stationary. And not to just be withered away. But God, to excel spiritually and to move forward. Father, I want to thank you this morning for your promise to us that you'd never leave us or forsake us. And Father, I pray that if there be anyone in here who's dropped the mantle, if there be anyone in here discouraged, or for a lack of a better way of saying it, that's put the gloves down. Father, I pray today that they become re-engaged. Father God, that we make the decision regardless of circumstance and regardless of level of difficulty, that we are going forward with you. And Father, we're prepared. We're prepared to take the blows. We're prepared for the attack because you're with us. Father, thank you for being with us. And I pray this for this congregation this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If anyone need prayer, you know what I'm talking about. If you if you know what I'm talking about, hey, you know, it's no different than when pastors here. These altars are open if you need to pray. I'm not going to linger long. Let, let me tell you something about altars and altar calls in response to God. This is a, a very serious time. And you may respond in a different way, but if God is dealing with you, then you respond. Because it's a serious thing. God is speaking to you right now and that's not nothing to trifle with so as god speaks to you if you need prayer you need agreement i want to pray with you these altars are open well, we're going to just tarry for just a minute as the music plays
And church, I believe, I believe that what's ahead, and it's not a doomsday thing. I don't know what's ahead for this country. I don't know. But God's people better be grounded in his word. They better be grounded and they better be ready and okay Amen. with being in the ring. Yeah. Gotta be okay with that. There's nobody. Thank y'all for being here this morning. It's the first time I've done a service on Sunday morning in quite some time. It's been fun. It's been fun. It's been great. Good to see all of you here. Misty, do we have any announcements? We don't know if we're, we don't, we're not sure about service tonight. We'll post it. We'll let everybody know. And we'll, we'll just go from there. God bless you guys. Sean, brother, dismiss us, sir. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this word that's come forth. And we, we lift up everyone in this congregation, Father, with the things that we know about each other and the things that we don't know, Father. We pray for your healing anointing to rain down on each and every individual in our families, those that are represented here, wherever they may be. If they're in states away, Father, we pray for your your revelation in their lives, that your Holy Spirit revealed to them the, the understanding that they need to, to come to you first and foremost and that you help this church and every church out there to step into the ring and fight for you, to fight for what's right, Father. Help us to bring into captivity every thought to your obedience, Lord. Help us to, to do what it is you've called us to do, and no matter the way the things look, and no matter the way things feel, no matter whatever's going on in our lives, that you give us the strength to stand, and stand yes. with you and for you, because that's the only way we're going to make it, Lord. I pray for your wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to rain down upon this congregation and everyone within it, Father, that you give us the the knowledge that we need to do whatever battle it is we need to do for ourselves or if we need to stand in the gap for someone else, amen. Father. We thank you and we praise you today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you.